Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share <laughs> what she's reading with you, thinking you're just going to love her latest selection? <laughs> and inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they recommended. What? No. That's us. Uh-huh. We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, inviting magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep your elves and space operas. I will. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even a book that isn't entirely your style might have some redeeming qualities to it, right? We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe high question mark at the end. There you go. So I think we should do the spoiler alert for this one because this is a thriller. Uh, That's debatable. Okay. part of my commentary. People might consider this a thriller. There have been labels placed on it that use that word. Um, And so I feel the need to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, including any endings. And there are no magical twists, but there are some pretty far-fetched twists. So um, have I have I told you my? I, hey, you can I want to tell you about the magical endings. Okay, keep going. Sorry. If you haven't yet read *The Chemist* <laughs> by Stephanie Meyer and you don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us again after you've read it, or decided you're just not gonna. Okay, now go. I feel very prescriptive in when I can talk about book stuff right now. This isn't even about books, though. So, you know, our in our spoiler alert, we talk about magical twists and any, like, unsuspected endings. Mm-hmm. So the author for the series, Stephanie Meyer, mm-hmm. also wrote the Twilight book series, right. which I had read previously. A hundred times. Uh, no. Um, less than that. <laughs> There's no need to get into semantics here. So I have read those books, and they do have magic and mysticism to them. They've got vampires and werewolves and lots of paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so my husband makes fun of me because whenever I watch movies that are set in space, I am always anticipating aliens. Uh-huh. Always. Sure. It doesn't matter if there aren't aliens. So I feel like that's normal. Mm, maybe. But we'll watch movies like um, Apollo 13. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, right. And, and the, that's right. So apparently there are no aliens in that movie. Huh. But every time I watch it. You're ready for that. I'm waiting. Yeah. It's not even that I'm ready. It's I am tensed uh-huh. because this ending could be the ending that's different where, surprise, there's like some space <laughs> stuff going on with aliens. But NASA was like, oh, we'll just edit that part out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we caught all the editing last 100 million times it's aired. Right. This time we missed it. Right. I'm going to see it. And yeah. I felt the same way with this book where I was just constantly like, where are the vampires? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not surprise you. That I have not read any of the Twilight <laughs> series because of said vampires and other stuff. I mean, for all I know, there are all kinds of those things. Fairies and gnomes nope. and nope. Um, Loch Ness Monster probably has a cameo in there somewhere. Nope. Uh, yeah, I don't believe It's really you. just the warring tribes of vampire versus werewolves. Which is enough, really. To not be, to get me to not read it. So uh, you know, if you remember back to our times in public service and library branches in yes. two thousand seven, eight, nine, like this was the book. Oh yeah. The, oh absolutely. Not the book that we're actually talking about. No, today. no, we're not talking about that book. No, but the Twilight no, the series. The Twilight series was oh yeah. humongous. In fact, yeah. I in preparation for our podcast, mm-hmm. I 
looked up Stephanie Meyer on uh, Wikipedia, the, mm-hmm. you know, all knowledge is captured in Wikipedia. And she has the fancy spelling of Stephanie. It's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E. There's no ace. Stephanie. Well, I totally missed that 100%. That is part of the issue, I think, with downloading books mm. is that you don't see the covers. So oh, yeah, yeah. I frequently don't remember the title of the book that I'm listening to <laughs> because, you don't, you know, every time you pick up a physical book, sure, sure. you look at it and yeah. you see it. But um, yeah. not Stephanie. true. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, She's best known for the Twilight series. Uh, she was the best-selling author in the U.S. in tw- uh, 2008 and 2009 because yep. of that series. And um, she really did not think she was going to be a writer. Yeah. Um, she didn't think she had the chops for it. And shortly after uh, graduating from Brigham Young University, and she earned a degree um, in English, mm-hmm. she decided she was going to go do it after having a dream about <laughs> The books. And I love that. I think that's fabulous. And uh, she shopped her books around yep, yep. and somebody finally picked it up for, you know, pittance. And then she became the best-selling author of 2008 and 2009. Several years. Love it. I recently attended an in-person author event. And part of what the author spoke about was his writing process. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how it would take him years to conceptualize every aspect of his book and it is so fascinating to me that every author has a different process. Like, yeah. she dreamt about it, and then she was like, well, that sounds great. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Three months later, she had a product. That's awesome. Um, J.K. Rowling, who yep. wrote the Harry Potter series, originally conceived of her idea, you know, per urban legend, on a cocktail napkin at a hotel. Right. I think it was a hotel. And some people, it just... It is not that easy right. for them. So the fact right. that she thought she wasn't going to be an author, and then it just... Popped into her head that, you know, there's a love story, but he wants Vampires. to drink her blood. Yeah, right. That's so the normal part. Be? Right. Yes, yes. So maybe we should talk about the actual. <laughs> you want to give a little rundown on this book, which is not part of the Twilight series? Yeah. It's, so yeah. this is, um, she's done two adult uh, books. Yeah, yeah, One right. was called. The Host. The Host. And then this was her second book, and it's called The Chemist. And um, I just stumbled upon this in Overdrive. Nobody had um, recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew how popular her writing was from, you know, as we were talking about the Twilight series. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll give it a try and see. Um, but I really knew nothing about her. And it is about a woman who is no longer in an agency that shall not be named because mm-hmm. Secret she's secrets. dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and she essentially is a torturer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a professional interrogator. Correct. Yes. Who tortures people with needles instead of they don't end up bloody. Yeah. They just have these horrible physical reactions while the syringe is in, and then there's no... I feel like we should do another spoiler alert. This yeah. book had some real gnarly stuff in it. It did, although, you know, I'm the wussiest person I know in terms of yeah. fainting when stuff gets yeah. gross, yeah. and and I could deal with all of it. So okay. I feel like I'm the the floor, you know, like the I'm not the bar, I'm the floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ceiling or the... Um, anyway, <laughs> so she, um, her career is ended because she knows something and she doesn't know what she knows and mm-hmm. she's there the agency is trying to kill her yep. and so um they give her one last job and say hey if you do this job we'll call it even you go live your life we'll live ours we'll stay out of each other's hair and so she gets hooked up with this guy that she doesn't know and she thinks that he's about to release a terrible um pandemic biological <laughs> uh yes weapon yeah. upon the u.s and millions of people are going to die so she thinks she's doing the right thing she's got her own ethics mm-hmm. 
And uh, it turns out that he is a twin, mm-hmm. and it's really the twin that they're trying to lure in, mm-hmm. and they want these two. It's like they put two spiders in a jar or scorpions in a jar. Scorpions in a jar, yeah. And to see who ends up, uh, if they both will kill each other. So, so this, you will not be surprised to hear that I started this book two days ago. Right. Um, Actually, I am. I thought it would be this morning. Oh, thank you. No, this one was a bigger one. It's about okay. 500 pages, so right. I tried to pace myself, Good. Um, which you know I'm known for in my reading. <laughs> I try and really give the appropriate time frame to really consume the content. And the description for me was not what I was expecting. Uh-huh. Um, I had read her young adult series, the Twilight series, but I had neither read The Host, which is about aliens. Right, which is why I didn't pick it. um, And the chemist. So, you know, the premise of this book is that she's on the run. Her agency wants to kill her. She gets brought in for one last job. She tortures this guy who ends up being innocent. His twin brother that he thought was dead comes back. Super soap opery, right? Completely soap opery. Yes. And I will also say totally not the kind of stuff that I normally would have you read. So I think that was a little bit of a... Or that you would normally read. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Which is why I'm so curious as to you know, how you react. So uh, in the um, spirit of the fact that we've told you that there are spoilers, so yes. you know, surprise, um, they end up working together, the thought-to-be-dead twin and the uh, chemical interrogator <laughs> to bring down their two companies that are trying to off them so that they can go off and, you know, live relatively normal, non... Normal adjacent? Normal, <laughs> non-killery lives afterwards. Um I actually like the book. <gasps> I know. Oh, my gosh. So I liked it for a number of reasons. I liked the pace. Uh-huh. Um, the start of the book was a little hard for me. So the start, it was really deep into the, like, paranoia streets. So yes. she is on the run. She changes mediocre part-time jobs in Nowheresville, USA, every couple of months so that she can move. She sleeps in a bathtub so that she can tripwire the whole space to explode with chemical gases. And she's wearing a gas mask in case one of her many assassins try and come and get her. And I was like, oh. What's weird about that? What are you getting me into? (laughs) And then, you know, within the first 60 or 80 pages, she's brought back into the fold of the Mm -hmm. agency, kind of. She has to trail this suspect. Mm -hmm. She conks him out. She drags him to her makeshift torture chamber. Uh And then she proceeds to actually torture him with these chemicals she injects him with. And so, you know, you're 60, 80 pages in and you're like... This is really dark. Super dark. I am not excited. (laughs) This is not my writing style. And then it kind of, once his brother shows up, it really, the tenor of the um, interpersonal conversations changes and the tenor of the storyline changes. So I read a bunch of reviews of this because I enjoyed it after we got to that part. Yes. I enjoyed it when there was more... um, uh, It was less about the torture. Yeah, the interaction. And more about the story. Yeah. And that was the problem for some of the reviewers that mm. they were they were sold on this being a thriller and so the fact that most of the creepy yucky action stuff is at the beginning and then the stakes are lower at the ends mm. because they're all working together and there's more of a focus on this super weird romance that <laughs> I was not sold on in the story it really kind of muddled the waters for some folks wait that... I, I just want to be clear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the weird part? It's two humans falling in love. It's not a vampire and mm-hmm. a wolf. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay. You're mixing up your Twilight I know, references. But, but it's see, not a vampire and a wolf. It's like you never read them. <laughs> and we will go back and do this for a different podcast. So oh, you're welcome. Louise. You've opened that door. No. But why was it weird? Why was Daniel and Alex as a romance weird? 
I'm not sure that I need to explain it, except that I do because we're on a podcast. <laughs> You're giving me this look, and I can tell that you were actually asking the question and not just leading me. Um, okay, viewers. viewers Listener. Of, viewer of audio. Amy and mom. Many thousands of viewers and listeners out there. Um, so the romance is between our protagonist, who calls herself Alex throughout most of the story, and the guy she picked up, kidnapped, and tortured. Right. So as far as a meet-cute goes... I feel like it's not great. They, she stalks him on the subway. It's she, a DC Metro. Yes, it's it's in DC. She stalks him on the subway. She jams him with a little finger ring needle thing right. until he's super doped up. She puts him in her car, drives him offsite into West Virginia, legit tortures him for like a while. Mm, not that long. Twice. Okay. I'm great. Fine. Twice. <laughs> Um, and he apparently just like love at first sight. He's yeah. like, you're beautiful. I want to ask you out. Oh, you tortured me for a little bit. It's okay. We've had greater hurdles to overcome. So waking up naked on a torture table uh-huh. is a deal killer for you. I feel like for me, yeah, that'd be a problem. For him. Wow. No. like So I had a problem with the romance in general because <laughs> um, there just was not enough context I think for yeah. me to buy into it sure. that he saw her and he was like you're awesome I want let's be forever let's do this right, thing right. and she was like that's great I'm going to jab some needles in you and then that <laughs> happened and she said oh no wait I see you have a, a twin brother you thought had died he's the one they're looking for oh no we both got hijinked into this I'm super sorry I tortured you maybe we can be slightly buddies and he's like that's great I want to kiss you now <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. That is not. That is not for me. Um, so I, although the book had a great pace and I enjoyed the process, that part was a little unrealistic to me. Oh, so the whole book is super unrealistic. No, no. The rest oh, of it I could totally picture happening. No, a hundred percent unrealistic. I mean, I enjoyed all of it because it's that whole yeah. uh, willing suspension of disbelief. Of and one of the things that I thought was hilarious is Stephanie Meyer at the beginning of the book is talking about. <laughs> How she, Alex, mm-hmm. the the protagonist, yeah. used to watch soap operas with her mom. And she's like, and they're so dumb because there's always a twin brother that uh-huh. comes in and amnesia. And all, mm-hmm. and she goes through all the litany of the tropes that <laughs> they all invoke. And then she invoked most of them. Of course she did. So I thought it was like her way of winking at us and saying, yep, here it comes. And I know it's silly. And so you just kind of go with it. And it's, you know, I mean, okay. I'm a, you know me, I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs are fabulous. Dogs factor <laughs> heavily into this. Um, yes. And the training is ridiculous. I mean, I like to think that my dumb, dumb dog could learn how to do things like sit or beg. Oh, she that was instinctive. <laughs> um, but, you know, other things. But yeah. I don't think my dog could follow a safety protocol and get a canoe okay. going. It's a skate protocol. Right. It's like... You That's different. It's like you didn't practice afterwards in case you needed a secret dog to, <laughs> to jump out and save you from massive gunfire. I did. I love that part of the book. I did too. So one of the additional main characters was Einstein the Third, uh-huh. uh, who was the not dead twin brother, the CIA agent. We can call him Kevin. We can call him Kevin. That is his name. Because that was his name. I guess it is. Well, it's one of his names. Sure. So Kevin, mm-hmm. um, his off the grid job was dog training for personal protection mm-hmm. and for like family guarding and things like that. So right. they had like kennels full of dogs. A ranch. Yes. And at one point in the book when there's like uh, like an old west style shootout going right. on, right. Um, one of them pulls like a little note card out of their pocket and they say, escape protocol. 
dun, dun, dun. And then like 12 dogs are like, <laughs> we're on it. Let's go. So one dog runs them underneath this secret booby trap. Another one pulls out a canoe. Oh, and like, they get the fur coats so that, and, and <laughs> the dogs with, push them down yeah, so that they look like Kevlar. other dogs. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing was amazing and totally unrealistic, but very fun. It was right. very fun. Right. In a, you know, everybody's getting shot and or poisoned by gas that she lined her room with kind of way. Correct. Yes. And so another thing that I learned from Wikipedia, the font of all knowledge, is that evidently um, folks are not pleased. They think that Stephanie Meyer is not a feminist. Well, they need to read this because Alex is a total badass and Mm -hmm. she can do anything, as can Kevin. Mm -hmm. And as we've learned, so can Daniel. So they were all very, like, Mm -hmm. successful in their career choices, huh. <laughs> their skill sets. Um, well, and some of that might be a little bit of a turnaround or a little bit of backlash from her Twilight characters okay. because the main uh, young lady character in there, Bella, is super passive. Okay. She is um, kind of whiny. Okay. But she's also a teenage girl, so part of that is part of the course yeah, yeah. through the process. Um, but she lets the men, the, the boys in this story do everything they fight over her they fight for her that's so this may have been kind of an about face right. to show that she can write a strong female protagonist yeah alex didn't need no men she was she did not totally completely self-sufficient and... i loved her fancy belts she yeah. had a fancy belt that had like little syringes that could pop out and her shoe had a knife that could pop out so you could jam people with the back Forward of it or backward well you know i mean you don't then, know which way a perpetrator's gonna come at you what about it kind of gives you new respect for the jewelry that I made for you. Do does, you know what it does? Uh, I mean, how it might explode? I don't. Oh, well, we'll you find out one day. Because someday it's going to backfire. <laughs> what, what could your toddler do with it? Oh, Chris. No, I would never. I would no. never. First of all, I'm not smart enough. I don't have. I, I didn't do well in chemistry. So I, I thought that. Um, the dialogue was hilarious. I yes. thought that um, there were some things that just made me laugh over and over again. Like um, <laughs> one of my favorites was <laughs> but the the back and forth between Kevin and Alex. Mm-hmm. They supposedly hate each other, but mm-hmm. they obviously respect each other yeah. and they know that they're good at their jobs. Yeah. And Kevin says to Alex at one point, sometimes it's really hard not to kick you. And she mm-hmm. responds with, I know precisely how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and then the other one was there is a a, a working woman in the um, mm-hmm. Val is a is a an escort. Sure. Professional escort. And she also happens to be really good at um, makeup and yes. uh, cosmetology. Yeah, yeah. Is that, did I get the word yeah. right? Okay. Um, and Alex is trying to stay with... Um, with Daniel when he's hurt and mm-hmm. Val says you're too tired you need to go get some rest I'll take care of him and she's complaining and complaining Alex and Val says I'll drag you back in here by your much improved hair if anything changes <laughs> and I just thought that was really <laughs> funny because she's just catty enough but she was actually being kind it, there were good little moments of levity yeah. right so the topic was well, heavy it was sure. a thriller there was threats of mass destruction and mass deaths there were actual deaths in here there was torture and so she used her characters really well to both move the plot forward and to inject some fun and some humor into their into their dialogue and discussions i liked the characters in this i thought yeah. she did a good job of rounding most of them out i would have liked a little bit more backstory between val the mm-hmm. uh, escort that you just talked about and kevin how mm-hmm. they got to know each other and what their backstory was but overall, this was a solid book. Um, the you sound surprised. Po- very surprised. <laughs> very surprised. Color me 
wondered on how this one happened. Love it. Yes. Part of my query mm-hmm. to you about this is um, the author, Stephanie Meyer, right. is pretty well known for being a member of the LDS community. Uh-huh. And in at least her Twilight books, she was very, very clear that she wanted to stay true to herself and her mm-hmm. faith. So she didn't write in alcohol use or drug use or any kind of sexual content. Right. Because that's just – that was not part of what she wanted in her written works. Right. And, you know, there was there was not any of that in this either. There were some uh, insinuations of, of uh, relationship between sure. Daniel and Alex. But in general, those were all there. But in her other works, there was a lot of kind of shadowing from some of the themes from her religious upbringing, things mm-hmm. like um, autonomy and eternal life. Um, like you get that from the vampire versus versus people kind of stuff. And also um, things like temptation. Uh-huh. And I thought that part was the part that kind of rang the most true for me in this process, the temptation part mm-hmm. of it, the, the balance of like at the beginning – Alex is trying to figure out, like, is it worth it to go in and try and do this one more job where she knows they'll know where she is and she can't run anymore? Is her life and her safety worth these potential, maybe imaginary, millions of people's lives? Right. Um, So I found myself, knowing her background and having read her other series, I found myself reading this looking for those kinds of things. Like, how did that play into it? Those were your aliens in this book. You were looking for the aliens. Yeah. Well, no, I was was looking to see how she was going to treat an adult novel versus how she treated a young adult novel. Yeah. And um, The Chemist came out in 2016? I'm not sure. 2016, 2015. And the first... Twilight book came out almost a decade earlier. Yeah. So how did she grow as an author and right. how did she treat those subjects that I believe, it sounds like, remain pretty close to, to her? Yeah. 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 And I didn't know that she was a member of any organized religion yeah. when I read this. I literally, okay. the only thing I knew was that she had written the Twilight series. So I didn't know anything about her, <clears throat> you know, beliefs or mm-hmm. ethics or sure. motivations, anything like that. Um, but I, what one of the things that appealed to me about the chemist is that there is an ethic. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a core ethic, yeah. except for the people that get their own. Like it's a very justice-driven. Yes. It's yeah. and so Alex has ethics. You may not agree with them, mm-hmm. but she thinks she's doing the right thing. Kevin thinks he's doing the right mm-hmm. thing. He makes some really hard choices, knowing that he's going to hurt his twin by faking, faking his, his death. death yep. And but he has a plan to go back for him later. And so. Everybody is making hard choices, and you know we've talked a lot in the in the past podcasts about feeling like you could identify with somebody or feeling like there's somebody worthwhile yeah. to root for. Absolutely. And the, I think all three of these, actually all four, Val included, yeah. of the main characters, really had good character yeah. and ethics. Yeah, and hers, Alex, our main protagonist, was really hard to pin down because yeah. her job before she was on the run, was in a counter-terrorist unit. So she thought that the work that she was doing, the harm that she was causing one individual was going to prevent more harm. Yes. More harm for more people. Yep. Um, And she really prefaced it for herself that her methods ensured that someone wasn't permanently damaged. Yep. That the harm u- was over. Yeah, by when... using chemicals, yeah. she was able to contain it. Yep. She wasn't sloppy. Right. Like those other folks. Like there's a, another torturer that you see towards the end of the book and he is, you know, putting acid on people and cutting them and really 
Lopping um, off toes. Aggressive, violent actions. And yeah. she doesn't see herself in the same class as those people. No, he's a butcher. Yes, that is the, yes, that's exactly what she called him. Yeah. So it was a fascinating book. I am glad you had us read it. I am surprised you had <laughs> us read it. And I appreciate the break from the weird stuff that you're going to make us read in the future. <laughs> So thank okay. you. So what are you going to do to me? <laughs> I this is another one that I I hope that you'll like. Okay. So <laughs> unlike many of the other books you make me read, <laughs> some of them I do for your own benefit. Oh, yes. it's a teachable moment. It I is, got it. It's good for you. It's sure. like broccoli. Okay. Broccoli is real good for you. Mm. You should have some. It's delicious. Mm. I Thanks. actually like broccoli. I so, do too. Uh, that was a huge sidebar. Let's get back to the next book. Sure. So next month we are reading The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Mm-hmm. So um, a little bit of backstory. I have read everything that V.E. Schwab has written. Okay. This is a standalone novel. Okay. It is not as super magic-tastical hmm. as some of my other ones, although there's definitely an aspect of it. Okay. But it's not like, in your face, here's a dragon. Okay. Okay. So the premise is um, is about a young woman named Addie LaRue. Um, she's a young woman in the 1700s in France, and she makes effectively a deal with the devil to live forever. Mm-hmm. But the trade-off for that is that every person she meets forgets her. So she'll have an interaction with someone, and the next time they see her, they won't remember it or her. And that's the deal. Um, and the story goes back and forth between her first life when people do remember her and her second life leading up to a point in 2014 when she meets someone again for the first time who does remember her <gasps> and what oh, happens mon Dieu. and what happens after that so it's fascinating and really well written and i think you'll think it's interesting cool yes well, i look forward to it tell me again the uh, invisible life of Addie larue by ve schwab all right well i will get on that and thank you for joining us for you're making me read what even if this book wasn't your cup of tea there are millions more where that came from don't forget you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library join us next month when we will be discussing the invisible life of Addie larue by v.e schwab thank you and keep on reading